0: Hi, Jonathan Williams back again at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. This is episode number 51, buying, selling, renting or investing in property. Then I'm sure that we'll have something that floats your boat and lights your candle. This week we have got a great interview. Uh, Sandra Martin is who we're interviewing. I have trailed this over the last couple of weeks. Sandra Martin is all over serviced accommodation. She comes from a hospitality background and she's working with her husband, Kenny Martin, to change the face of serviced accommodation. If you haven't heard of Sandra Martin, by the end of this interview, you'll want to know why you've not heard from her it's the new shiny object serviced accommodation is the new shiny object and i guess this year 2007 it really has been the thing to be talking about as far as property is concerned new shiny objects it's a bit like the invisible box have you done the invisible box yet the invisible box well that's the new internet craze it surpasses the cold water bucket challenge the mannequin challenge invisible box or what you do is that you use your right or left leg to step onto the invisible box and then hop over the invisible box. Done well, it just looks, wow, amazing. Done badly, it just looks absolutely crap. So have a go at it. Listen, if you've got kids, they will be demanding that you do the invisible box. Enough of the invisible box. Let's start talking to Sandra Martin. Sandra Martin, that's who I'm speaking with today, Sandra Martin. Now I know Sandra Martin through Kenny Martin and the BNI and I was talking to Sandra there about the BNI and you all know that I'm the Educational Coordinator and I was doing something today about approaches and having a bold approach when you're meeting somebody for the first day, first time and I, one of the things you've got to do is you've got to come in with a smile And I got this all from a guy called Jordan Harbinger who runs The Art of Charm and one of the things he says is there's various do's and don'ts and one of the things you mustn't have is an RBF. Now, what the hell is an RBF? Well, that's a resting bitch face and as soon as I said that I'm looking at Sandra (laughs) Martin and she certainly hasn't got a resting bitch face.
1: (laughs) Um, some would argue <laughs> <laughs> <No complaint. laughs>
0: so we had a chuckle about that because I'd never ever heard the phrase um, but it's so important to have that smile I mean you yeah. deal, we're talking to Sandra today about serviced accommodation um, all about hospitality and you've got to have that smile
1: mm-hmm. absolutely, it's front facing, customer facing, Yeah. service industry Yeah. Absolutely. whether you want to paint it on, doesn't matter, it's going on every day
0: and this podcast is going out to those who've got an interest in property, and what we've never covered is, is serviced accommodation, because it seems to have come up in the rails, and now it is full front and centre, mm-hmm. that if you don't know what serviced accommodation is, you need to understand, so mm-hmm. really, the conversation this morning is to have a chat to you, so you can explain to us serviced accommodation how you really got into it, mm-hmm. um, and the, the do's and don'ts, so... Your background is is what?
1: Um, My background is is years in hospitality, running hotels, educated in hospitality at Glasgow um, and moved to America, running hotels and country clubs. Um, So director of sales and um, everything from weddings to selling rooms um, to golf events, tournaments. um, So uh, literally um, have done that here and in the US So with the
0: hotel industry is it the case that once you get a job within the hotel industry you're ending up doing everything for a period of time so you can understand what the business is all about?
1: Um, it really depends. A lot of people know, a lot of people like any other industry niche. Um, some people will just work in restaurants, some people will just work in front of house, some people will just work in housekeeping. Um, right. I've actually been really lucky because I've been very well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, because I did a degree in hospitality, um, you were forced to be rounded Yeah. Um, and you were forced to try everything. So I have done everything from housekeeping to front desk to managing restaurants Um through placements, through tenure in the industry. Um, and uh, to be fair, I got into sales because I get fed up watching the salespeople come and sit in my restaurant and I had to serve them <laughs> and thinking, I can do that because uh-huh. um, I was doing a lot of the job for them and um, or with them, I should say, um, and really fell into that because okay. I knew the product so well and enjoyed it. Um, and so that's where I kind of moved into the sales side. When I first moved out to the States, it was all food and beverage related, so right um so yes my my background is very well rounded because I've run most departments okay um so a timeline
0: here we're talking we're now we're talking obviously 2017. so out in the states when you were
1: I was out there for six and a half years, so I was out there when i i left when I was about twenty three um I did a couple of places in the states yep um and was out there until probably I was about 29, came back when I was at 29, had my okay. 30th in Scotland, so that was about two weeks ago. Right. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, she doesn't look a year past 30.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, spent a long time and, um, and it really um, makes you grow up fast as well, but, uh-huh. but worked my way through the ranks. And, so you just and went out there well.
0: on your own, but had obviously a job to go to.
1: Um, yeah, I had a job to go to. And you um, would have been what?
0: How old then? I was, I was
1: 23, so I went out wow. on an H2 visa. Um, and um, the and visa never was worked, extended.
0: Never worked abroad before?
1: Well, I had worked in placements, so I'd done um, six month placements in between university All right, okay. In America in right. Western Massachusetts. So, so I had worked in there running restaurants and running housekeeping teams. Um, so it wasn't your first rodeo? Yeah, so I'd went out on J1s visas and then went in H2 and actually ended up with a green card. Okay. Um, because the skill set yeah. it was argued by the company that you know it was needed, and and what I was doing was a position that needed to be um kept by me. Yeah. Okay. So um, they fought my corner, Good. and then I came home to meet King Kenny.
0: King Kenny. <laughs> so Kenny's an architect. <laughs> yes. Um, and when was it that you discovered serviced accommodation?
1: Well, um, Kenny went to a property meeting. Okay. Coming up just over two years ago. So Kenny's
0: um, part of Progressive. Um, pe- yep, progressive he had property went to Network. the
1: um, Progressive, he'd went to the Masopu, which is the multiple streams of property income. Never okay. went to anything like it before. No got invited and, and we had um, like everyone else came through a recession um, you know both worked really hard and um, and that's a big step
0: to do because huge. these courses aren't cheap
1: well that was a completely free weekend it right. was three days it was free hence the reason why he went <laughs>
0: we are talking Kenny here of course
1: <laughs> <laughs> so hence the reason why he went and um, and instantly even from the first phone call something had changed um, and what that what that that three days had given him was a snapshot of various different things that you can do within mm-hmm. property. Yeah, yeah. So it was almost like little tasters, um, little ha- little various appetisers, and what which would you like to do?
0: And this is two thousand and
1: fifteen. Yes, two thousand and fifteen. Um, okay. So he had phoned and said, um, "Sandra, I've been exposed to, um, you know, various He's been different exposed. things." He hasn't
0: been exposing.
1: Um, no, <laughs> so it was actually Paul Smith, who many of you will know, was speaking at that, and it was the first event in Glasgow. And um, Kenneth was very, very inspired by what he heard. Yeah. Um, was on the phone to me and said we were planning on building a buy-to-let portfolio because purely buy-to-let, yeah, and that's what we were going to do because we wanted to put some money in property. We wanted to safeguard our future for our girls, yeah, um, and that's what we were going to do. And then suddenly he came across the serviced accommodation model. Um, which was I'm sure very eloquently explained by Paul and um, it was a marriage that he could see um, he didn't want to do it because um, that would be you know it's just one he didn't have enough time and two he, mm. he just didn't want to do it in the uh-huh. world of hospitality but it was a perfect marriage for my skill set yeah. having a hospitality background wanting to get into property um, so that idea so,
0: so, what, so what had you been doing then Prior to 2015, what, um, what were you doing work-wise?
1: Well, prior to that, um, I, I was obviously in hospitality. Um, I did recruitment for a little while when I came back from the States. Right. Um, and then I was also running my own multi-level marketing business okay. as well, um, because I could run that flexibly okay. round about young children. Yeah, yeah. So um, the kids were both at school, um, so it was easier now to be able to commit to hours and time sure. and be able to put things into it. So. Um so he's come back mm-hmm. and he's very said, excited, little I've, bunny. uh uh-huh.
0: Um I have I the magic elixir. And she can make me money. <laughs> yes. So but at that stage you've not got property or
1: had did you have property? No, we had nothing. Um, okay, we so had but, nothing. We had a little pot of cash that we hadn't quite decided what we were gonna do. Right.
0: So you're absolutely green, you didn't even have a buy to let, so you had, we had nothing. nothing. Hee haw Okay. So listen, before we take you through the journey Mm -hmm. to see where you're at at the moment, Mm -hmm. let's just explain to the listeners, serviced accommodation is what?
1: Um, Service accommodation is nothing new. Um, you know, people have been staying in, in holiday lets and little cottages and things in and around Scotland and in and around the world for a long, long time. So on a
0: week to week basis. A week to week basis, nights.
1: two nights, sometimes maybe a couple of months yeah. um, if people are staying for various different reasons. But it's basically a home from home. Yeah. So it gives you everything you need, um, you know, from the, the teaspoons to the pots and pans to the beds made up so that you can walk in and you can sit down and you've got everything that you need right. um, to feel at home rather than a hotel room that you would have just a kettle and um, some sachets of coffee and, uh-huh. a, and a bed made. You could actually function okay. and have a more normal life.
0: And you then greet the the, the, the tenants? Or how do you operate with the um, operate We operate a, um, lockbox a lockbox system it's a right. self-check-in um, okay.
1: for our guests. It gives them more flexibility, right. the types of guests and, and the people that we have sometimes need the flexibility to be able to check in when things change with their schedules or various different things. So it works well for the team and it works well for us.
0: Okay. And then you've got to put together a whole team of people who will then descend on the property after the person's moved out and in essence clean it, launder the property. Absolutely. Okay. So how difficult was it for you to get that team in place?
1: Um. It's as difficult as you make it, I suppose. Um, I mean, I'm a big champion of BNI, as you well know. Yeah. Um. So BNI, I very much used all of my resources in that, um, to pull together people that I knew that were trusted, um, mm-hmm. that I trusted, and that we'd had relationships for years, or other people that I trust had relationships. So I mean,
0: you, you've interesting. You've mentioned the word trust there four yeah. times, and that's absolutely key. Mm-hmm. I think because you need to have a team that you can rely upon because ultimately if they don't do the job or don't do the job properly then that's going to reflect upon your reviews and once that review's out there it's very difficult to get rid of that review yes
1: and don't get me wrong sometimes you know bad reviews are just are just part and parcel you can't be perfect all the time and we just we certainly don't expect that but we do strive for it Uh um you know but but when i set up the business i set it up Um, and the only way I know how so I set it up in departments such as a hotel would Mm -hmm. set it up so as far as I'm concerned we've got divisions that a hotel would have and that allows me to manage it and put the systems and the controls and the procedures in place so that each department knows what they're responsible for Uh, and 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 they can interlink as well yeah
0: and that's brilliant because that's your background that's what yep. you went to uni to do yep. and you've come out and you're now almost just running your own hotel chain. Well, it's, what, it's,
1: it's the way I describe it um, I mean we are working on some blocks and things like that just now but all our units right now are individual standalone units. Yeah, um, They're not all in the same location so the way I describe it to people is that we run a floating hotel um, and that's what we run uh-huh. you know and, and just because there's a house in one place and a flat elsewhere they both have to be serviced they Mm -hmm. have to be we have to be able to get um you know the the things that a guest needs um or if something happens we have to have a response time Mm -hmm. we have a duty of care just because they can't walk down to reception doesn't mean they're any less important absolutely than someone that can yeah so we have a duty of care to make sure that you know and, and i use various different things but our guests get hugs along the way
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um and they need to get hugs along the way mm-hmm. and sometimes they need a hug because we need to hug them and sometimes they need a hug because they need to hug us right. Um, you know they need something from us we need something from them Um, so it's about that relationship and if you're not creating relationships and you're not smiling even through the gritted teeth then you won't win this war because yeah. um it, you know, I see lots of people in, in different things on chat rooms and they get really annoyed at guests. Uh-huh. Don't. It's just part of it. Yes. You know, and I, I would... what's the industry. I would defy anybody to go and spend one day behind a reception desk in a hotel and not hear every single one of those comments more than once. uh uh-huh because it's just what you've got into.
0: And earlier, before we put the recorder on, we were talking about your view, I think, is very much that there's a lot of people who have migrated into serviced accommodation from property because mm-hmm. they've had their short assured tenancies. They've got this brand new shiny object that apparently is, is making money hand over fist. And so they're coming from a property perspective where it's a case of sign on the line that is dotted on the six month lease. And you know what? I don't want to hear from you. Because yep. if you hear if I hear from you, there's a problem and I can't be bothered with problems Whereas you're coming from it from a completely different angle mm-hmm. in that you're coming from the proper angle because ultimately yes it is property yep. but it's a service industry yep. and that's more important because you're Absolutely. dealing with the public on a short term basis. The,
1: the the property is secondary yep. um really um to, to what it is and if uh, you know if you don't put heads on beds and bums on seats ultimately you don't have a business yeah. anybody can make the property lovely mm-hmm. um, okay there's location there's, vari- there's variables that some work and some don't in certain in certain places um, and there's obviously planning restrictions and various different things that have to be taken into account mm-hmm. but ultimately it doesn't matter how pretty your property is you have to fill it yes and if you don't fill it then then that's a problem uh-huh. um, you know so so people get really focused on the property and get really focused on making it pretty and then think that you know that's the job done that's the job done and they'll open the doors and you know if you build it they will come uh-huh. and there can be an element with that because you can use certain booking portals you can use certain online travel agents that will help you mm-hmm. but ultimately they will help you they won't do it for you
0: well they will give you They will open the door for you, Mm -hmm. but that door will be slammed back in your face if Mm -hmm. you don't then have the customer relations nailed down, because then the reviews will come in and the reviews won't be great because you're treating it as a short assured tenancy and you don't want to deal with the great unwashed. But that's what you've got to do here. You have to deal, and I guess not only deal with the great unwashed, but... Enjoy dealing with the great emotion.
1: Absolutely. It has to be a passion, you know, and, and um you know Kenneth and I will joke about it a lot mm-hmm. that you know and, and obviously you tell stories and I you know I've got some corkers, some of these are, are, are not for public um consumption on this recording. But I may <laughs> tell you that at some point when you turn off the recorder. But some of them are absolute corkers and um you know Kenneth will say to me many times, How can you deal with that? How can you put up with people being like that? Uh-huh. But on the same side, he comes home, speaks about architecture, speaks about his, um, you know, his development company uh-huh. and getting water lines in and pipes and power. And I think, uh-huh. oh, oh
0: how, I can, how can you do that? Yeah, get yeah. your
1: hard hat and, you know, um, but it, it's 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 horses for courses. It's what yeah. I know, it's what I trained in, it's what he knows, it's what he trained Absolutely. in. Um, And, you know, I do thoroughly enjoy it. And yes, yeah, some days I could pull out every hair in my head. Um, but it's totally worth it, uh-huh. and it's it's you just got to take it for the comedic
0: value that it is. Do you think how important do you think passion is in that kind of line? Because clearly you Huge. exude passion.
1: Huge, because and I and I see it on the the forums and I see it on the chat rooms and the frustration that builds up with people because it is. You know they're they're putting a pretty penny into the property. They've paid a lot of money to get it up and running. Yeah, they've they've done all of these things and they've done it hopefully very diligently. And you know with the various different th- hoops that need to be jumped through, mm-hmm. and it's not easy. There's a lot of stuff that needs to happen. It's not, you know, it's it's a laborious process. Yeah. Um. And there's lots of there's lots of different gatekeepers and different hurdles that you need to get through. You know, but it's it's important that you get through them and understand that it's just part of the process it's nobody's taking it personally to you nobody's just made this rule for you to annoy you Uh it's the rules that we all have to play by and yes we can all scream and shout about things and we can all vent but ultimately it's the rules of the game Mm -hmm. Um, you know and it's about playing by the rules of the game and doing things properly and those are the people that will you know it's like anything the cream rises to the top yeah but if you're doing it properly and you you know you're going with legislation and you understand the good with the bad, then you know you'll be in a happy place. But yes. if you know if someone smashes a cup in your you know your apartment, big deal. Mm. You know it, people can get very very caught up in the little minutia. There's a little scuffed wall. Okay,
0: get over it. It happens. Yeah. It
1: happens in every hotel around the world. Uh-huh. You know, but, and I
0: guess because they've not come from that, yeah. whereas you're. That's but it's
1: because it's it's their own property. It's their baby. They've went shopping. They've got the cushions. They've got the curtains. But is I know what they say? They've they tell you to
0: personalize everything. everything. Absolutely, when you go but into property. it's
1: human nature. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely human nature, and I see it a lot. And I, I you know and I feel for people, and it is difficult, you know, and and it's difficult for our teams that go in and they do lots and lots of really good work, and someone comes in and you know maybe leaves the kitchen all dirty, and, and mm. it gets under their skin, but. Get on with it. Get over it. Yeah. Next.
0: Uh-huh. So listen, let's talk about having no property, a little bit of a pot of cash. Uh-huh. Um, it's 2015. Kenny's come back, listened to Paul Smith. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's saying, right, this is what we're going to do. So it's all very well. And I and, and I think we're all, um, this happens to everybody, is that we go to these seminars and we think that's a great idea but actually taking the action is the thing that a lot of us find very difficult now it can be for whatever reason that you don't take the action but clearly you took the action mm-hmm. why did you take that action what f- did something force you to take that no, action no
1: nothing forced I, I've, I've always been sort of driven and, and so is kenneth to find um you know t- to find what the next step was for us mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to get into property yeah. um, that was that was just a no brainer um, and this excited me because yeah. I have wanted to get back into hospitality for quite some time uh-huh. um, but going and managing a hotel or a country club or even buying one um, would be it, it, it wouldn't work for family life well, and it wouldn't work around what I wanted to do but mm. this gave me this gave me a way to, to do something and still work it around my family Yeah. Um, And ultimately, I wanted something that was leverageable, um, that wouldn't in the future rely on me Uh being there. And that was really important. And that was something that we could, that was the vision. Uh So basically, you know, Kenneth went to that, I think the end of October, it was November. So um, the sort of kind of Christmas time, um, we done a lot of sort of thinking what we're going to do. And then Mm. January, I thought, right, I'm going to get my teeth into this. Mm -hmm. I did do a course um in the beginning of december um it was actually a deal packaging course um because like you said i had no background in property Mm -hmm. i have sold a lot um but i I remember going on the course and um the guy at the front of the room kept saying um bmv bmv you need to get bmv and i remember nudging the the guy next to me going what is bmv (laughs) right So I was very green. Uh I didn't know what BMV meant, Uh low market value, in case anybody's like me. Um, And then I finally found a glossary at the back of the book Uh with all these little acronyms and these little things. And then I thought, bingo, I know what language they're speaking now. Um, And at the end of the day, I have had lots of sales training, so you know, it was, it was, you know, you could fit it into the slot. So Mm. um, I'd done that, and then decided um, in the January that I would um, go out looking for some property for us. And what I didn't want. Or what wasn't a good deal for us then it would be efficient to package them on and sell those deals to other people yes um while i was researching service departments
0: so you would do the hard yard you'd package some deal up and you'd say to an investor listen i've got this it is 2030 whatever below market value I'll sell you that deal for X, and so therefore you were making a turn out of that, and yeah. everybody was doing well because you were doing a
1: turn, yeah. and they were getting. And a property that, that that was just to to give me time to get into understanding property, mm-hmm. finding out more about it, and that's exactly what I'd done. And and while I was doing that, I was researching software, I was researching legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what were the requirements? What were what was I going to need to set up to set my floating hotel up? Basically. Yeah, yeah um and in the middle of that looking for property um for myself and kenneth. So that worked out really, really uh-huh. well. And um, how did that that that
0: first deal that you did
1: mm-hmm.
0: how did that make you feel?
1: Oh it's great. I love doing deals. I mean deals are just it's great. Drives you. You think right, okay well I've done that, I've done that and I've done all the steps and it actually closed well I started looking for my first deal Pretty much when the kids went back to school, the beginning of January, so the 4th or 5th. Yeah. Um, and I closed it on the 29th of January. Wow. So So um, I thought, right, okay, I can do this. So if you've done it once, you copy it and you do it twice. Uh-huh. Um, And so I kept going to property networking meetings and so did Kenneth and I was initially just doing it for us. And then when we were talking to people, people said, would you look at taking my property? Would you take my property? um would you manage it for me on the
0: serviced accommodation side of things so you were obviously speaking to people just letting them they were
1: asking what i was doing i'm I'm looking to buy my first essay well why are you getting into that because this is my background Mm. would you manage mine and that's really where the management company was Uh born um it wasn't something i was necessarily going to do
0: so it wasn't as if you were trying to fake it until you made it because ultimately you had all the building blocks, what you didn't have was the actual property. Property. And so when people were saying, they maybe just assumed that you've got um, property, but that first one that they gave you, that would have been the first one that you would have ever have done. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But they were well aware of that. I Uh didn't, you know, I don't, um, I don't hate anything from anybody. Um, so it was, this is what I'm going to do. We are going to do it for ourselves. But, um, and
0: how concerned were you or did you know deep down, you know what? I have done this and I can make this
1: work. Um, no, I wasn't concerned because I had done the research. I knew the market. Um, I had ran all the numbers, um, had done what you uh-huh. know, done the due diligence on it, and you, you um, must so I wasn't have... concerned about it. Yes, when you get that, when you open the doors for the first time, and you're sitting thinking, and somebody's oh, giving you please, that please, proper please please, please, uh-huh. please, 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 um. But but literally, we opened the doors and within hours um, we had our first booking in. So.
0: But you must have impressed the person who was prepared to put that trust in you, and that says yeah. that, that must have given you a great amount of confidence that somebody is prepared Absolutely. to do that. I've told them everything. I've told them this is the plan. I've told them we haven't actually got anything, so you're going to be the first yeah. customer, and that must have been an enormous just fill it for you to say, you know what, yeah. somebody else I trust mm-hmm. myself, but if somebody else is prepared to trust yeah. me, then it's your ability almost goes on a ten plus yeah. skyrocket. It's brilliant. Yeah,
1: and it's just um was ever since then, I mean that was June um that was June last year that we opened. That was okay. the first one that opened was the end of June last year.
0: And so the deal you have got, I guess, is um you're getting an amount they, they're expected for example they have got a property that was previously a buy to let on a short assured tenancy mm-hmm. they're maybe getting £400 and the deal is that you'll be able to get that Plus more, so you take a bit of it, yeah. and they take a bit of it, and so everybody shares. So that's Absolutely. how you make your money in the end of yeah. the day.
1: And it's a full, full hands-off um, service for them. So the keys come to us, and we make sure all the, the safety checks are done, um, the fire checks, everything that ah. needs to be done. Um, all of that's done and signed off on. Um, we get the pictures done. Um, the, if they need if it needs dressing, you know, we work with several different designers that, that can help with mm-hmm. that depending on what level yep. um or, or what the property owners choose to do. So there's there's various different options for them there. Um but basically we take care of everything from an inquiry to marketing it to putting it on the portals. Yep. All of that all of the stuff that people find you know very frustrating and it's difficult for them to get on certain portals mm-hmm. and because um, of the volume that we've got and the history that we've got and the standards that we can prove, mm-hmm. um, then you know we we get to um, get a massive amount of direct through that as well. So in
0: essence, somebody gives you a flat or a property, mm-hmm. and what they get is an amount of money at the end of the month yep. and no hassle and that's, that's it
1: yeah I mean absolutely we, um, we take care of any kind of minor repairs mm-hmm. or anything like that if there was something that was um, slightly bigger we, we had a problem during the week that um, some tiles fell off a bathroom and it, it was going to turn into a fairly hefty job mm-hmm. so of course we would let the, the owner know you know can we we get quotes for it mm-hmm. can we proceed um can we get this job done for you or you know some of the owners are very very um you know they've got different various businesses and have contacts that actually would work out better for them to do it that way yeah and um, that's the only time we'd contact them uh-huh. um or if we get big huge bookings and it's very exciting and we've sold the property for you know three months and it's a huge booking yeah we'll always ping them a text or an email just saying just so as you know um, you know everything's going really well, yeah. um, that kind of stuff, and, and we 'll keep them up to date and,
0: and I suppose with you being absolutely transparent, is it the case that you 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 do a, a percentage split or or do some do some of them do a percentage split or just uh, and do some do listen we'll take it and we'll give you x amount, and then it's up to you as to how many times you you market it
1: um no, we just we, we do the same deal, so it's a percentage, percentage split, split and um right. And that way, um, you know, they get marketed. You know, all of our properties get marketed the same um, because it would be. Well, that makes perfect sense. It's the way we systemise it, and it's the way the the way that it needs to work, um, and it it, it works really well. Um, Each property needs to get the same respect as as the next one, Mm -hmm. Um, and each property has to be of the same ilk. So, um, because if one person stays one place and it's not very nice but they, the place they stayed in before was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to come back to us again. No. So it's about each property. Although there's individual owners, they are actually part of a brand. So we make sure, you know, we don't we don't let people use their granny's old sheets or their granny's old curtains or anything yeah, like that. We yeah. use professional linen, we use, you know, the towels, all of that kind of stuff so that people are getting that experience yes. and they want to come back to us and they get that feel. So we all represent each other. So uh-huh. it's very important that, all the standards are met.
0: That's interesting. So you're incentivized with regards to getting as many people through the door, but you're also saying, listen, there are standards here. Absolutely. Because if the standards fall, that reflects your brand, which then impacts upon how many people that you can get through the door, which will eventually impact upon the pound, shillings, and pence that you're able to pass to the yeah. to the owners. Absolutely. And so Everybody wins by making sure that the levels are. Yeah, each are property
1: high. is a. I mean, lots of lots of our partners don't know each other. Some of them very much do because we we have only ever worked off of referrals, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Um, but each each property is a reflection of each other. Um, so even our properties in Ayrshire our properties in in Lanarkshire our properties in Glasgow they all bounce off of each other because we move people round Mm -hmm. so we have we we have various different people that come to stay with us and we'll say oh that one you stayed in wasn't available let's move you here and they go great you know because even though it's a different type of property it's got the same standards so Mm -hmm. we know they're going into you know, immaculately clean, they know they've got linen, they know they've got sheets, they know, you know, the various different things they know, they they know to expect from us. And
0: that's something over time that you can build up a history and a reputation.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So hats off
0: to you for doing that, that's brilliant. Um and so so you've got the first one that works well. Yeah. So how do you market? How do you get more people to give you I mean there's word of mouth but do you do anything else other than word of mouth?
1: In relation to getting more properties or yes. in relation um really it was it was lots of networking um and lots of lots of word of mouth um and I, I purposely um didn't put the foot on the gas if you will. Um, it was getting to you know, getting that first half dozen, making sure they were working, work, making yeah. sure they were full, yep. making sure the testing, systems testing, uh-huh, testing, yeah. and the systems, the processes, the cleaners, the linen, the, all of these things and mm-hmm. you need to get to a certain amount before you can start to step up these processes as well yeah. and make them more rigid and do certain things. Um so all of that was was kind of sort of tested along the way to make sure and do we do everything perfect? No. Does anybody? No. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to think it every day is a school day and we learn along the way. Yes. Um, and we make sure because as much as I have a hotel background, um, my buildings when I was in a hotel were all in the one place. Ah. They did not move about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had a maintenance team on site. I had housekeeping to call from. I had food and beverage. I had HR. I had accountancy. I Had all of those guys to mm-hmm. pull on straight away if there was a problem, yeah. Um, or there was something that needed to be resolved. Uh-huh. But when you're when you're running a floating hotel, those variables become very different, and the tire tracks up and down the M8, uh, they get worn. <laughs> <laughs> and as you as you as you get used to what you need to do, um, you know, you put more things in place within the properties prior to the properties after people exit them. Yes, in order to give the guest a hug along the way. Uh-huh. Because most guests choose to go into service accommodation because most of them don't want to be in a hotel. Most no. of them don't want to actually see people. Uh-huh. They go there because that's what they want. Yes. They don't want to be having to phone and harassing you. Most of them, okay, the, a small percentage do it and that's their job in life mm-hmm. and they're going to do that wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them want to be self-sufficient. Most of them want to know how to turn on the toaster. Yes, Most of them want to know how to have a hot shower without phoning someone. Um, so it's making sure um you know you can you can mobilize the guests to do what they want to do and if there is a power cut or if there is you know the wonderful block toilet we can fix that uh-huh. um but the day-to-day stuff we should be able to take care of that for them so that they can be self-sufficient because that's why they've chose to come and stay with you
0: okay so you're booking through airbnb booking.com what what where are your portals that
1: you're getting We're listed that work on from? gosh um you know probably about 30 plus plus Portals. So, okay. um, the big ones are the booking.com the Airbnbs, the Home and Aways, um, the ones that people are more familiar with, mm-hmm. um, you know. And then you've got things like, um, you know, the longer term bookings. You have to have a, a, you know, certain amount of tenure and a certain amount of properties in order to get onto the the sites like Silver Door, um, and Situ, um, things like that. Those specialize in longer term corporate bookings. Right. But they need, you know, they they look for areas, they look for you know, what size, how big of their portfolio, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, that they have got certain criteria that they want you to fulfil, and it varies in area. And of course,
0: they'll be taking a tickle, um, and sometimes quite a big tickle um, on that, which is fine, because without them, you don't, some people don't have a business, but ideally, I guess what you would want to have moving forward is to have the brand, and people bypass that, and actually yeah. come to you direct.
1: Well, that's the skill, is getting them, I mean, right now, um you know we're we're completely sold out so which is great um and probably on our bookings um right now i think we're sitting at 78% direct bookings for this time of year um and that's a lot of hard work that's been done in the past 18 months so mm-hmm. yes we absolutely use all the portals that are available because why wouldn't we put um our goods in every shop window yes. that we can so we do put them in every shop window um, but it's about you know using things you know we've we've had bookings that have came through booking dot com great we've gave the guests lots of hugs we've asked them you know is everything okay do you like the property mm-hmm. da, 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 da. we've ended up getting direct contacts um, you know and one in particular has turned into you know a booking that was I think it started off at three hundred and ninety six pounds yep. for a three or four night stay uh-huh. um, and that's now being converted into. Probably forty, fifty thousand pounds worth of direct business, um, which cuts out a fifteen percent booking fee, yes. and we've got various companies, and, and it's really important to keep those standards because they come back to us because their guys don't moan. Mm-hmm. No, they don't complain about the service that we give them. So ultimately, the person that is responsible for booking doesn't have the headaches, Uh doesn't need to worry about anything apart from giving them the directions, getting them to the property. Mm. And then we take care of everything else for them.
0: And so for the direct bookings, is there a dual pricing or is the pricing exactly the same?
1: No, we give them a discount. Um, We absolutely give them a discount. Uh Um, Pricing will determine on... Um, length of stay yes. how many people are staying with us yeah. um, Various th- th- you know, there's, there's variables that, that go there mm-hmm. um, for us so we will absolutely give them a better deal um, for coming to us directly because we're cutting out booking fees um, and many times it's direct bank transfer so we're not paying any credit card fees either Brilliant. Um, so it's a win-win for everybody we still make more than what we would uh-huh. from a booking engine and they pay less so it's absolutely win-win for all parties.
0: And, and there won't be anybody who's listening to this who's not telling me, for God's sake, ask, ask about how much they get, ask about the money side of things. <laughs> how big a difference is it between renting a property, buy to let, short assured tenancy and doing serviced accommodation? Is it night and day?
1: well that's why we went into it because it is night and day because we looked at having one serviced accommodation and it would be the equivalent um for us to have 10 buy to lets so one serviced accommodation could could make us what we would need to get off of you know 10 buy to lets in our portfolio so it was a complete no-brainer for us Uh um that we go down that route so so yes um you know the owners are all making substantially more Mm. than they would do as a buy-to-let. But as you well know, and you can teach me way more, but, you know, with the Section 24 and and all of that coming in, Mm -hmm. even if an owner was making exactly the same tax-wise, they would still be better off with an SA than they would be with a buy-to-let. So... you know it's it's one of those things that you, you know we, we're very proud that when we open properties that we do hit the ground running mm-hmm. um and we have a very good fill rate when we when we open them um you know but th- there is lean months there is some months you can't have everything glittery and sparkly all the time you know there's anomalies there's 12 months in the year um you know, there's anomalies in those months, yes. and you, you go, well, Why was September not good? Uh-huh. You know, I don't know. Everything else was filled. Why, why is September not good for one particular property? Yes. Why is the world round? You know, you put all the systems in place, you do everything you can. It just happens uh-huh. sometimes. But I guess
0: the longer that you do it, yeah. the more likely it is that you'll find trends and you could maybe tweak Absolutely. them to try and, Absolutely. and resolve them. But those. It's, it's
1: one of those things <laughs> that I always say to people um, mm-hmm. over the 12 months. Um over the twelve months period of time that they will always be out on top. Absolutely always uh-huh. be out on top. Um and yeah, it's, it's exciting, um very exciting uh, moving forward. But it's it's doing it the right way that, that will bring in the revenues.
0: I've been prattling on. We I haven't even asked you what the name of the company
1: is. <laughs> well that subject's change, the, the the name of the company is Scottish Service Departments. Okay. So um, we trade under that, but we're actually very excited because we're in the process of rebranding at the moment. Right. Um, But that's for another podcast. (laughs) Okay, so we can't... Um, can't, We're not not revealing that. We can't reveal. We can't Um, do the big reveal at the end of the podcast. Yeah, there's some very exciting things going on with the company um, and the direction that we're going. So we felt it was time to to do some stuff and and change it. So we're working with some specialists at the moment. And you've got your
0: own website...
1: Yep, scottishservicedepartments.com. We've okay. got our own website um, that everybody gets linked to. Um, again, we're doing a lot of work on that just now. Uh-huh. But we've, we've got various different tools in place um, mm. that, that mean that we can you know, we can promote ourselves as much as possible. And the other th-
0: thing I wanted, and I've always thought, I, I want to ask this question to those who are running the service accommodation, is location. How important is location as to how well the SA will work?
1: it's it's huge uh-huh. it's absolutely huge and and not everywhere will work um for various different reasons and and different areas will work for different types of people right um so if you look at edinburgh then it, it's a no brainer that you're going to be you know heavily into the tourist market uh-huh. absolutely um glasgow is very tourist market as well yeah but they also have lots of transient people there's also lots of Um, contractors that are coming to the area to work on various different um, projects, Mm -hmm. um, you know, across Scotland and across the UK for that matter. Um, You know, we've recently opened some some properties in in, in Ayrshire and it's a really quiet time in Ayrshire at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is ways around that and we are working on that. Um, And, you know, I I know that, that there's different pods in the country that they will absolutely make great, great money through the summer And then, you know, the kind of December, January, February, it will be like tumbleweed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you need to account for that. Yeah. And you need to know your, you need to know your market. Mm -hmm. And some markets, you just can't overcome that because it's just the location. It's not anything you're doing right or wrong. And
0: and the greatest thing, because you've now got skin in the game, you can actually say to the client, listen, this and you could probably put that in a graph to say if yeah. you're staying with us for a year this is what we can expect because this is what It's really managing before. expectations yeah, and yeah.
1: understanding because um you know there's lots of stuff out there and there's there's lots of people saying and there's lots of people making lots of white noise um you know and all that glitters is not gold Mm -hmm. but it's like anything if you you know if you get in the trenches if you get your hands dirty if you do the work that's required Mm -hmm. um the difficulty is when people open one or two and they don't realize what that's going to how what an impact it's going to have on their personal life yeah they don't realize that 11 o'clock at night on a friday night when they're absolutely knackered and they've had a couple of glasses of something lovely um, that someone's going to phone with a blocked toilet, mm. and they have to react to that. Yeah, you know, or someone's going to phone because they don't care that you're at home. They they just see you as part of something that you know a corporation. They don't understand that it's just you mm. that's running it, mm. and they don't care because so they paid a price. So
0: would you be of the view because there'll be many listeners out there who have got their own buy toilets and they they manage them themselves, and that's fine. And, and to a certain extent, I do that myself because I know I'm not getting a call every day Mm -hmm. you can't do that for short for essays or or if you do do, you have to have that expectation that you are going to get those calls
1: that that's my thing is that you you have to realize you can absolutely do it yeah but you have to realize that when you go on holiday for two weeks in the summer that you still have to run that or you need to close your essay Uh you know you need to realize that if you're taking a booking over christmas and someone calls on christmas day you need to realise that you are omnipresent 24-7 and regardless of you know how minute those calls are, um, they are everything to mm-hmm. the person that's took the time to make that call. Yeah. So they have to be dealt with and, and that's where we see a lot of frustrations from owners that say, and some of the owners absolutely love it but the impact it has, or I can't go away this weekend because we've got guests, Mm. or I can't do this because we've got guests, or I can't go here, or Uh you're at the cinema and a guest calls. uh
0: I can understand that, but I would say to you, that's not a business. Because somebody told me the definition of a business is that if you go away for two weeks, three weeks, whatever, not only must your business continue to operate, but it should be able to thrive whilst you are away. Because ultimately, if you don't have that, you've got a lifestyle business and yep. that's not a proper business. And that's yep. the hardest thing to try and achieve in any business yep. is to have that ability. But once you've got that, then, you know, you're on to winner. Yeah. And it certainly sounds from... Well, that
1: was, that was my goal that we, we opened in June last year and um, never took a holiday. Um, but you've got to do the, the kids, hard yards. Yeah, never took the kids away. We decided yeah. to put it on hold and said, no, we, we made a promise to the kids as to to what would happen. Um, so so we never done that and dug in because I had you know a couple of units opening in the summer. Mm-hmm. And and again, I had to, an onus to the, the owners that had put their faith in me yep. to make sure that they thrived. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal was by the next June that we got to, when the kids finished from school, we got them on a plane and we went somewhere hot. Um, and to be fair, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, and we got away in the summer because we've built up an incredible team who worked their backsides off and um, covered everything and um, you know I came back to everything and more, more mm-hmm. bookings, more of this in, yeah. a, in a very very busy summer season. Um, you know we were extremely busy um, and the guys just absolutely excelled they killed him. Um, and, it, and it, was, it was a joy to be able to go away. Mm. Um, and not worry not worried, not I wasn't worried at all. Um, you know, there's lots of different things that are it's a mobile business, so it was things were pinging up on my phone and uh-huh. you know it's it's lovely to sit at the pool and get, you know, bookings come in, yeah, and the, yeah. The money come in on the credit card and uh-huh. you think, oh, this is good. Um so no, it's it's great and we are continuing to strive to that the, the people in the business are what makes it and if we don't have the right people um and, and I'm very confident that the people we've got now and the people that we're looking at to come in um in the turn of the year are incredible people that are absolutely the making of Scottish Service Departments.
0: Super. So, fair. so listen, let's let's just recap a little bit or, or touch on something about the legislation. Um some worrying noises obviously in section 24 again the tax treatment is exactly is the tax treatment exactly the same for somebody Tell- talk to us about the tax treatment
1: no the taxes the tax is different because it's a business that they're operating yeah. um so the section 24 then becomes um null and void it's mm-hmm. not it's not an issue for them because it's a business yeah um so therefore it, it takes them out of that um
0: so if you've got as an individual, because it, it's it's going to be, I think, the death knell potentially of buy-to-let, yeah. um, short assured tenancies, unless you've got the limited company wrapper to protect you from that. And obviously, if you are a um, a basic rate taxpayer, then you know, you're protected because it doesn't make a difference. It's only if you're a higher rate taxpayer. Um, so why wouldn't you then get into serviced accommodation if you're getting the benefits of having similar to a buy to let limited company you're running a business and so therefore you can use the mm-hmm. mortgage uh, interest that you're okay. paying to it really to it really
1: depends on the individual owner um it depends on what they want to do and, and a lot of people have the fear as well as mm. to will it work will it not work yes. Um, you know, and, and, and for some people it works very well and for some people it doesn't. Um you know there, as much as there's lots of good stories out there, there's lots of horror stories mm. um in service accommodation and that the, there doesn't need to be. Um but you know, it's 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 going back to do what you do and do what you do well and do mm-hmm. what you know mm-hmm. um and some people just go into it without the tools that they need and okay. the toolbox, you know. And the
0: other question that those um, will be wanting me to ask is, is this the dot-com, is there a dot-com bubble that when the nasty local authorities come along and say, you know what, you can't do that because we've had the neighbours complaining here, there and everywhere, Mm -hmm. we've now found out you're doing Airbnb or serviced accommodation, you ain't doing that because you need to get a licence to do that. Mm -hmm. Can you see, where can you see this going? Licensed? And if you don't have a licence you can't do it? I mean
1: I think there will be I think there will be legislation, but when you look at the government, um they're never the fastest at coming forward with, no. with various different things. So um I would welcome any legislation and um welcome things especially when it comes to making people that are running service accommodation um compliant with various different safety checks and fire and all that kind of stuff but when it comes to planning legislation I mean we have done our due diligence and I would urge everyone to speak to your local planning Mm -hmm. um, and make sure you know if you're allowed or not to do it and Mm -hmm. if you're not allowed to do it and you go ahead understand that you'll be shut down and understand that you can have a chap at the door or a notice on your door saying we understand this is going to happen and you could be closed down and don't be offended by it because mm-hmm. it's the law yes Um so you know when you look at Glasgow and you look at um, Edinburgh in particularly it's always the big cities that th- that legislation will come into first Um well is, is it not Berlin but they've actually said they're not allowed to operate Airbnb yeah, yeah. I think and there's 90 day rule in London and there's various different things so, so what's the 90 day rule just um, you're, you're only allowed to sell the property for 90 days Right um, in the year, because yeah. the whole point
0: about Airbnb was on the basis that this is your home, yeah. and you would want to uh, allow foreigners in who are visiting your city yeah. and stay in the spare room. It was never perceived, yeah. and it sort of morphed into this as completely different. Um, yeah. and,
1: and that all happened really with the the whole, you know, um, people being able to have access to. You know iphones and smart devices yeah whereas you know when you booked a serviced accommodation in the past you would be um in your local tourist office with a postcard and you would be speaking to Eugenie genie <laughs> and you would make a phone call that takes
0: me back now you don't
1: need to speak to we genie as no. i'm sure she's lovely uh-huh. but um you know now you listening. can just do it. i know if you're listening we love you we genie in milport but i'm um, listening <laughs>
0: You can't bag Millport.
1: I love (laughs) Millport. But what I'm saying is that used to be you would get, you know, you would go across, you would go to the tourist office and you would say, what have you got? In Millport. And you would, yeah, and you would get a little, you would get a little index card and then you would go. Uh But now with the, you know, with social media, click of a button, taking payments over your phone, all of that kind of stuff, it has opened up to so many people to Mm. be able to have almost a cottage industry and then you've got people that are slightly more serious like myself um, and you've got people that are quite happy doing one and two and they'll Mm -hmm. always be happy doing one and two and that is okay for them Um, but legislation-wise, will it change? Absolutely, everything does. Mm. Um, my thing is protecting um, the people that partner with us and ourselves, uh-huh. um, and that we make diligent choices, and that we speak to the planners, and that we do things all on the right side as much as we can. We opt into everything uh-huh. um, from every inspection to fire inspections to everything to keep things up to code. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's it's not fully legislated right now, um, but. When it does, and if it does get legislated, I by all means want us to be in a very, very strong position that hopefully they will look at the people doing things properly. Uh-huh. But like anything, you know, Jonathan, it is—it's you know how do, how do the you know how do the police catch people on mobile phones? It, you know, it's a percentage, mm-hmm. and it is—it's going to take them. Will they look at it? of course they will Mm. they've got to because there's tax money somewhere sitting in there that I'm sure they will want to fish at when it's going to happen who Mm. knows you know if I had a crystal ball that would be brilliant but um, all I can say is there's a definite demand um, in the areas that we're operating there is a definite demand um, but I am very respectful to the neighbours. We're very respectful to the properties that we mm-hmm. take on. Yeah. Um, you know, we could we could have double the amount of properties right now but I don't take everything on. Yeah. Um because you just know they're gonna come with a can of worms and you just know that um, you know, you have to be respectful to the neighbours. You know you know that people are gonna be coming in and out, so well,
0: absolutely because they're the ones that are gonna get high tailing it down to the, they're the, the ones local that are going authority to, be on the phone to us yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and that they put our business in jeopardy, uh-huh. so our first protocol is respect to the neighbors, make sure and and most of the time we actually go in and make things a heck of a lot better for the neighbors mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. you know we'll tidy things up better, we'll cut the grass, we'll cut the hedges, we'll cut theirs we'll do what it takes to make sure they go well, actually, actually they're adding value to us mm. they're actually making it a nicer place for us to live yep. um, and if we are doing that then we are much less likely to have complaints even though we are on the right side of planning even though you know we, we don't want to cause a headache for them mm-hmm. and vice versa we don't want them to cause a headache yeah. for us so um, you know the respect from that side is, is very very important to us Good.
0: Good. so listen Jeannie in your court to see listen go and have a chat with Sandra.
1: She's very good. You don't need to use your index card box. Spin those index
0: cards, waste of time. <laughs> um well I listen, is there anything that we've that you wanted me to ask you that I've not done?
1: No, no, I'll no, keep all well, the secrets in that little box. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no no, it's it's just it's it's interesting and it's it's it definitely is a, a, a thoroughly exciting um, thing to be part of. Um, I definitely think it's a, the start of a wave. I mm-hmm. don't think anybody's missed the wave. Yeah. Um, but I would just urge people to be very diligent with their research. Yeah. Um, very diligent with their safety checks. Um, and at the end of the day, I want to put my head on my pillow at night, knowing that I've done everything that I can. Yeah. Um, and that if something happens, because it will, um, it doesn't matter who we are, something will happen that is out with my control or my team's control but if we've got every process in place and we've proved that we've you know done what we could along the way then i can sleep at night Mm -hmm. um and that's really important to us so you know do your do you know do your due diligence and make sure you know what you're going into make sure you know what you're expecting and Mm. as we started the podcast with if you do it with a smile then you won't have that surly face. That RVF. And listen,
0: tell me anything I can help you with at the moment, what you're working on, any contacts that i can give you
1: um yeah we're working we're working on a lot just my um we've got a, a big pipeline um of properties opening um in the new year okay so um right now we're we're staffing that's that's our big yeah. thing because we we do have a, a pipeline of properties um that we're we're coming on with so it's really um you know we're looking for people with hospitality backgrounds okay. um that's very very key yeah. uh, to the way i want to move forward because right. they have a level of understanding um, and then we're always partnering up with, you know, um, designers and um, people to find finance and also people to find property. We've got lots of people okay. looking for property. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's various different strings to the bow. Um, and we partner up with several people because, you know, people become very busy mm-hmm. and they can't take on the jobs and we need to get properties open. Sure. Um, so, you know, we, do, we we work with various different partners okay. um, from designers to maintenance to cleaning teams to all of these people because that's what they specialise in so Mm -hmm. if everybody's getting a bite of the pie then we're Mm -hmm. all smiling absolutely (laughs) Um,
0: okay well I'll I'll look at the old Rolodex and and see if I can come up with some Uh, names for you
1: I might have stole most of them already (laughs) (laughs)
0: listen if you've been listened to any of the podcasts you'll know I'm now going to ask you the 10 quick fire questions and the face is just (laughs) the smile has slipped somewhat (laughs) as we fire out with these Okay. first
1: house, first property that you bought uh, in america north carolina well, you bought in america Dur- durham north carolina okay. three, three bedroom new build built from scratch
0: right okay no problems in selling it no no make a bit of money from it
1: absolutely did you yeah
0: can we tell the listeners
1: oh was it a... gosh i think it was about forty thousand dollars. wow yeah and
0: how long did you have it for
1: i had it for about gosh three years maybe wow yeah, yeah, that's a good term.
0: Hope good Valley term.
1: Farms, North Carolina. Good. <laughs>
0: um, first medal that you can remember first, winning. A medal, first medal. would be, or um,
1: a running medal in the Galady for St. Jared's and Belsall. Okay.
0: <laughs> Who were you competing against? Were you the favourite?
1: I don't know if I was the favourite, but I was the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> now, this I've never asked this before. First dance at the wedding. Uh, my wedding, uh huh. Kenneth, my well, no, I
0: know that, but what was the tune?
1: <laughs> oh, what was the tune? Um, oh God! <laughs> what was the tune? Kenneth will never remember. It was Barry White. Barry. Um, I can't remember the name of the song. <laughs> it was that one. Do, 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 do. <laughs> no, remember I
0: he don't was. know what you're talking. but um,
1: it was Barry White. Barry White, but he'll never get that. He'll no never chance. Know the I'll name. ask him
0: <laughs> um, first bus or taxi. Oh, would you take a bus or a taxi?
1: Um, no, uh, gosh, I don't know where my first bus would be somewhere with my mum when I was young.
0: Okay, um, first choice of self catering. Uh, would you go self catering on holiday, or would you go? No, I like to be pampered. Okay. Yeah, I like somebody nope.
1: to come and take care okay. of me.
0: No busman's holiday for you then. Yeah,
1: no, I do enough here. First car. First car was a Pontiac Sunbird. In America.
0: Wow. Sunbird sounds as if it's it was a, no roof.
1: A little silver sporty thing, fat, Pontiac Fireboard yeah. Uh huh. Yep, loved it. Bought my first house. I like see car. the glint in your eyes,
0: you're remembering back to those funny Made a profit days. on that as well. Oh, it? did you? <laughs> <laughs> There's a theme here, everybody. There's a theme. First film?
1: Oh, I'm sure it would have been some kind of Disney. No idea. No. Can't remember.
0: Mary Poppins.
1: Uh, Favourite film's Braveheart, but first film Aye, was okay. um, no idea.
0: Okay. Um, first serviced accommodation. I think we spoke about that.
1: Um, first serviced ac- uh, accommodation was a little one bedroom in Blockairn
0: Okay. And you used to Blockairn then mm-hmm. Fruit Market. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: There's money in them hills, <laughs> I tell you. Money in them hills. Um, first drink on a Friday night.
1: Oh, prosecco! Is it definitely a glass of prosecco, <laughs> Kenny? If you're listening, yeah, bring one up the hill. <laughs> and then
0: finally, first amongst equals or fact, this is all about books. Do you like fact or fiction? And what um, are
1: you reading? I like. I do. If I'm on holiday, I really do like to take a break and have fiction. Okay. I like to disappear into, and I like the kind of John Grisham oh, movies. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I like those kind of books as well kind of that kind of make you think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just some of the other dribble that you that you like Mm -hmm. um i like them and the last book that actually the last book that i read um was Paul Smith's essay one that was the last one that i read right um so but i need to get my finger out and do some more reading Good, yeah. good.
0: Well, listen, the knowledge you've got, it may well be that a book is maybe not that far away. You and Kenny can uh, mm. can partner up and do that. Um, that, would,
1: that would just give him more revenue to spend, Jonathan. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure if he's ready for that.
0: <laughs> Sandra, listen, I'm going to walk you to the exit. Thanks very much. It's been really eye-opening. And anybody who needs to speak to you, it's uh, the email address for you is?
1: is info at dot com.
0: Brilliant. Thanks very much.
1: No, thank you, Jonathan.
0: So that was Sandra Martin. Do you know what? When I'm doing these interviews, a lot of these people I've never actually met before, I'd met Sandra and we just clicked. Uh, It was just very comfortable in talking to her and you know you're going to get a good interview when in the first five minutes, you and the interviewee feel comfortable. You just get the most out of the interviews. We're still on the interview trail. We're looking to try and and hook up Patrick Donnelly. He's one of my chums from BNI. He's got a great story. We'll try and get him on. Ian McQueen, property developer, and Scott Brady has asked to come on to the show as well. So these are people that we're going to be interviewing over the next weeks and months. I was out, uh, before I do my wrap up, I just tell you that I was out at AD Plus Accounting. They do various business seminars and if you've never been to one of their business seminars, I would strongly advocate uh, hooking up with them. Great company, just not accountants, business advisors is really what they do. And every month or so, David Charles and Matt Donnelly at AD Plus come up with just a great speaker. And This week was a chap by the name of Ian Swanston. I I did a blog, if you follow the blog on the Bricks and Mortar podcast website, we did a blog about Ian Swanston. He's a chap who works for a company for closers and it's K-L-O-Z-E-R-S. And he's in sales and marketing, and what he was talking about was the sales and balance ledger. Really interesting, splitting your company into four particular sectors, and then diving deep into three separate metrics within those four areas. Go and have a look at it. Closers. uh, Great website, and you'll get a great insight into sales and marketing because for a lot of companies, sales and marketing really are the lifeblood of the company. But the reason why I wrote the blog post was to do with questions. We all get that situation, don't we, when we go to seminars and the seminar wraps up and the keynote speaker asks for some questions, and everybody puts their hands in their pockets. And stares at the st- stares at the floor, and sometimes you get some questions and sometimes you don't. I tell you what: if you're in the audience, you are missing a trick by not asking a question. And here's the reason why: if you're going to these events, there's always networking before and networking after. And if you're wanting to improve your networking, what you need to do is ask questions because people in the room need to know who you are and it's much easier than making an introduction to them because you've already asked that question and if you introduce yourself before you ask that question it is something that nobody does and it will stand out you will then become memorable in the eyes and ears of the people who went to the seminar. Now I got this from a podcast I've been listening to called The Mentee Podcast and they were stalwarts in stating that when you are going to be asking questions you introduce yourself, you tell the uh, audience who you are, what you do and then you come away with a killer question. It really is something that very little people do is actually introduce themselves. You know, I thought it was a bit gimmicky, I have to say. I didn't think that it would work. But I've tried it a couple of times. And really, it does work. A lot of the seminars I'll go to, I'll introduce myself as Jonathan Williams, host of the Bricks and Mortar podcast that already gets people who are listening to the question a little bit of getting them to think about the podcast, which potentially will lead to more listeners which will lead to increased traction and then I'll give the question now the question has to engage you have to make sure that you get the right question but if you've got a good question then it's great because what it allows you to do is that if you're wanting to go and speak to the keynote speaker and why wouldn't you he's the person that the company has chosen to give the lead speech so obviously he's going to be talking some sense So it gives you a great opportunity to get ahead of everybody else, because if you've introduced yourself and you've asked a great question, then the keynote speaker is already going to know who you are. And so therefore, why wouldn't he want to talk to you? So there's been a number of occasions where I've asked questions. That's given me an in to the keynote speaker. And then what I've been able to do then is get an opportunity to get them, on the, get them on the podcast for an interview. And that's what we did with Ian Swanston. Hopefully he's going to be coming on. He's based in Edinburgh, but I'm certainly hoping to get him on in the new year. But you have to ask great questions, okay? When we were at this seminar, somebody did ask a question. And do you know what question he asked? The question he asked was, Did you notice the spelling mistake in your slides? I'll repeat that because it was incredulous to hear this guy say, Did you spot the spelling mistake in your slides? And you could just feel the energy in the room just completely dissipate. It was pretty embarrassing. Why would you come up with that kind of question? What benefit is that to anybody in the room? It was so small-minded. I just could not believe it. It embarrassed probably AD+. It embarrassed the speaker, belittled the speaker in front of everybody. And then when the speaker took him on the guy who asked the question said ah no it doesn't matter because the speaker said well where was it where was the spelling error in the slides and the guy who asked the question said ah it doesn't matter doesn't matter why open your mouth why open your mouth listen ask a good question if you ask a good question then everybody will listen Don't ask a question like, did you spot the spelling mistake in your slides? Good grief. Good grief. Listen, we're going to leave it on a positive note. We're going to be doing more interviews next year. I got interviewed for a mastermind uh, project being run by one of the guys who is doing the Facebook, various Facebook forums, so they're looking for a a broker and and possibly a solicitor, so um, I had my interview for that to see whether or not I could join the gang there, so that would be quite interesting if that takes off the guy I was speaking to, I can't really say too much more at the moment, but the guy I was speaking to certainly um, has got some great ideas, and if we get the gig with that, then... Um, yeah, if if uh, the, the guy who's leading it uh, follows through, and we all follow through with the ideas that we have, then uh, it could be really, really exciting. So if that does take off, then I'll come back to you just to tell you how it's all going. We're knocking off into Christmas. I, I'm going to try and do one of these every week over December. We did one last week. We're doing one this week. So this is your property podcast. It is the Bricks and Water podcast. As ever, we are taking a sideways look at property. We'll see you next week.